Thank you for joining us on another episode of Real Talk, a spotlight speaker series brought to you by Real Families for Change, lovingly known as RFC. RFC is a nonprofit organization based in the U.S. that serves as a think tank, a sustainability incubator, and a mutual aid entity. Our programs and initiatives are intentionally designed to center equity, inclusion, belonging, and justice in the North American screen industry. Each week on our Spotlight Speaker Series, we'll be joined by individuals who are doing the work to make the future of filmmaking fair. We'll hear about aha moments, transformative lived experiences, as well as practical solutions on everyday productions that can help us to generate equity and fairness for everyone working in the industry and create accessibility opportunities for those currently left behind. Let's listen in to our latest episode. And thanks again for joining us today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Real Talk with Real Families for Change, the show where we celebrate those who are working to create better in the film and television space. I am your host for today, Akima Brown, and we have with us the wonderful and incomparable Meg Mesmer. Meg is a, (laughs) yes, indeed. Meg is a multi-hyphenate producer, creator, writer, actor, and mama. She's drawn to mission-based projects that raise awareness, and she was most recently the showrunner on the series intersection which explores gentrification in atlanta the cast and crew was over 80 percent female and bipoc way to go meg uh, she has produced low budget indie features to multi-million dollar films with a less talent she has worked with uh mandeville films paramount pictures and spent several years at the international tv production company freelancer media overseeing 26 different shows simultaneously We're going to get into that work-life balance conversation in a bit. Uh, But she's also worked in talent management at Untitled Entertainment before becoming a freelance producer. And her film Imprisoned, which starred Lawrence Fishburne, was produced with Equitas Entertainment, a company focused on social justice and closing the gender pay gap. She has also worked closely with the cast and director, um, uh, teaching acting workshops as a form of anti-recidivism. So... Meg, it's clear to say that so much of your work is really focused on equity and giving back and not just con- not just creating, but also contributing. So yeah. we're really excited to hear from you today and so happy to have you. Welcome, Meg. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. I was listening to that bio and like, oh, shoot, I've done those things. <laughs> I know <laughs> I've that done feeling. all those things. I know that feeling. So tell us a bit about that. Like, how did you come into the creator space from, you know, the beginning to where you are now? Sure. Um, the short answer is I started as an actress in New York City. Uh, well, I was, I'm from Michigan originally. Um, went to school in Detroit and then went to New York City after I graduated, basically. Um, and I was an actress that you know, thought I should be famous the minute I stepped into onto the pavement in New York, um, but couldn't get on stage, lo and behold. So I, you know, spent a couple years pounding the pavement and then was like, you know, I remember my mom telling me, get, get yourself on stage. And so I got with a friend, we put together um, a play while we had writers, we commissioned writers to write for us. Um, And then we put together a play on off off Broadway. And um, 
that was essentially my first foray into producing, which I didn't know what I, that was doing that at the time. And meanwhile, the writers that wrote for us are now EPs, showrunners, Pulitzer Prize winning. Like yeah. you, you know, you don't know who you're stumbling upon in New York, but, um, but yeah. So then from there I went to LA. Um, I didn't want to be just a, a waitress that was an actor. So I interned, I started interning at all these different places. Um, and eventually got a job at Fremantle, um, which was sort of my first foray into film school, meaning I, I learned on the job. Yes, yes. Um, so then from there, yeah, I got a job in um, management, which was interesting being both on the, the buying and the selling side. Um, and then I went off to, uh, I, I actually, while I was at Untitled, um, I was still acting, right? I was still acting through all of that. and. I ended up getting so many auditions while I was still working my job in management that I was like, I, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I can't do a, a good job anymore at, at both of these things. So I quit to go be an actor and I booked these national commercials and then boom, found out I was pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, I knew that was oh. coming. I was like, oh. So now I can't act or, you know, I was talking to my agent, like, well, how many jobs are there for pregnant people, you know, and, and they just totally, totally fell off. And thank God, um, my hustling sort of paid off because I was offered my first feature to produce and they didn't know I was pregnant, but I ended up, you know, obviously they knew I was pregnant eventually. And I was onset of that my first feature film nine months pregnant i worked up until my due date and then went back home to la to give birth <laughs> wow wow yeah. and that isn't that always how life happens though you're like ha ah, my plan yeah things are starting to come together okay i see it i oh oh new thing yeah Got it. we just <laughs> talked about that didn't we about how you try to make plans and it's yeah. just it's a it's laughable Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I have learned to just roll with the punches at this point. I'm like, it's a guideline. It's not necessarily a plan. Yeah. Just create a framework, right? Yeah. And then we'll go from there. Because this, is, this yep. is all moving and living every day. It's and, and that's, you know, absolutely. I mean, it, it's so, it's so true. And we're getting off probably, but you know, producer, as a producer, I always say like moms are producers in my world because, you know, just, just packing a bag to go to the beach is like a production. Like, Oh, we're going to, mm -hmm. okay. So we're going to need this and we're going to probably around 12. We're going to do that. Okay. We're going to need snacks here. We're gonna, so you're like producing yes. and you're making the plan and you're, you're, you're doing the guideline. Right. But when something comes up, like so-and-so gets bit by a jellyfish, it's time to pivot. Yes. <laughs> yes, that part. But that's exactly, that's exactly what I mean. And I, I don't think we're off tangent at all because, <laughs> because it's, they're so parallel, right? And yeah. it's really being able to see those parallels. And so that's a question that I would, you know, would really love to hear you deep dive a bit more into, which is, does your parenting, does your mothering now sort of inform your work in any way? Yeah. So, well, okay. I guess or vice gonna, versa. Gonna, maybe, maybe it's the other way around. Yeah. Well, um, 
it's funny. Okay. I have to say this story first before I get into that and I will answer it. I promise. But, um, so I remember when I found out I was pregnant and I was so nervous about how, what I was going to do, like, oh my gosh, I had this plan, blah, blah, blah. And, and now I was pregnant and I was going to have a baby and I was still wanting to do all these things. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I remember my husband, actually, he said this to me on one of the second time I, I was pregnant. Both times were surprises, by the way, FYI to the audience. Okay. So, so we were surprised with number two and he said, well, babe, you know, you had your biggest year career wise after your, after my firstborn, Alden. And I was like, what? And then I thought about it and he was right. I had produced my first feature. I had then produced the uh, another huge feature um and you know we had we'd done all these things on the side so i sort of was like well yeah you know a kid doesn't necessarily hold you back a kid for me what it did was it really put my life into this perspective of oh man i really got to choose what i want with my life because i don't have time to do improv anymore at midnight and I don't have time to like waste. So when I get those two solid hours, I got to work on what is most important in in my guiding star. Okay. All right. So now you asked me a question. What was it? (laughs) Oh, the parallel. Okay. Yep. So what I've noticed about me then and now is that I have I've become a much more even keeled producer. Like, I don't know if it's just maturity or if it's, if it's the ability to stay calm while my children are having fits, but you know, there are a lot of personalities in our business and I have come to, um, I, I come at problems much more um, Zen like, or much more, okay, let's figure this out. Let's, I'm not going to, I'm not spiking my personality not my personality, but my emotions aren't spiking right now. They're like looking at the hole and figuring out the solution for it, um, in a sort of, you know, even keel way. Um, and before that, you know, I have Italian blood in me and I was very hot tempered. I still probably am if you get me on a bad day, but, but, you know, I think I was a much more volatile, um, producer in, in a sense where I would be like, Oh, we need this go. And instead of like really taking it in and, and thinking about all the things before acting, um, you know, and I do have to do that with my children also. So <laughs> no, that but that makes complete sense. I, I, I think it speaks volume because, you know, so many of the parents that I talk to have a very similar realization of if one thing I could take away, it's I'm calmer now. I I'm not mm. as quick to get flustered because in addition to all those personalities, there's all those elements, right? All those things we have to pull together in the multitasking. And so many people have said, after having kids, I see where it doesn't boggle me so much. I can kind of, like you said, I can take in the whole thing now 
without completely losing it. And so that that's amazing. I want to know how then do you bring that space or should I say, how do you, if you bring that space for other parents on your set? Are there things that you are thinking about or even if you haven't done that you want to see and hope to include in like your future productions? Yeah, definitely. And we talked about this a little bit, but my series that I was the showrunner on, um, we will be launching soon here, April 23rd. Um, And we, thank you. We started out, I was pregnant when we shot our first sizzle for that series as like a germ of an idea. And, you know, then we went into a writer's room and I ran a writer's room with five diverse women. Um, and my baby was there every time. Um, you know, and even when we were in person, um, yeah, the, these people grew up with my child, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, my child grew up with these women. Yeah. Um, and my, my older boy did also. Um, and that, that it's really nice for me to know that my kids like see my work, know my work. It, you know, my, my, my son always says, is that intersection, <laughs> you know, and he knows all about, he knows all about it. And, you know, he sees my writers and he's, you know, That's like, epic. Oh, how, how are they doing? How's, you know, how have you talked to, you know, Karen, have you talked to Moretta? You know, they, anyway. Um, but when we shot, when we shot intersection, um, I was telling you, I was pretty much the only mom with young kids and I did have, um, a caretaker come take care of them. But at the same time, I was like, well, you know, come and let my kids see me on set, come and let them, you know, be be there. So, um, they can see what mama does, uh, you know? And so, um, yeah, I think my, in my experience with parenting on set, like I've never not just brought my kids um, when I'm working or, or felt, I guess I've never felt like that's not okay because I don't ask, I just do. Um, and so I want, I want the rooms that I cultivate to be family friendly. Um, but at the same time, you know, your kids can also be distracting for you right? Um, if while you're working, like while you're writing, let's say, and so it would be great to have somewhere nearby that like they can go to and someone's watching them, but you can still, you know, see them when you want to see them. Basically I'm talking about a a daycare facility of some sort on a set or, you know, at a studio. Um, And I, I think that is so so remarkable and it's it's doable and we're seeing it in other places we're starting to see that in canada we're seeing it in the uk there's conversation around it in australia you know there's a recognition of exactly what you're saying bringing those things on set providing rebates and incentives to productions that may not be studio based but they may be smaller but they are still providing some form of a family 
proponent that allows for people to be able to come in and, and, you know, work, you know, it's recognizing creative workers as workers and recognizing that those that have families are part of a working family. And so putting that in in place to ensure that, you know, they have the support that they need to do the work that they love. Um, And we say all the time, no choice between what you love and who you love and putting those systems together. So, yeah, I think that's a great, I think that's a great thing. It's it's been a little bit of an eye opener moving currently I'm living in Sweden. And I think that the childcare here is, the system is very different than the U S. Um, and I feel supported in a way that I've had never had before creatively. You know, I, I actually have a working day where I can write, um, and my kid is in childcare for basically for free. Um, and it, it just reminded me because I went back to the States to shoot a movie last fall and, you know, I wanted to be around my kids. I didn't, you know, it had been, I think it was like maybe a eight to 10 week shoot. Right. And at some point I said to my husband, I don't care what the cost is. I want to be around my kids. Yeah. And so I brought them, but then I had to find, you know, my parents came down to watch them because then I'm, I got to find childcare. I got to figure, you know, and, and, um, logistics and yeah, it's a lot. It's too much. And I understand why people have to go through this hard choice of like, how do I do both of these things? How, how do I have a family? How do I have kids and also work in this industry that I love? Um, it shouldn't be a choice. You should be able to just keep doing it. Um, so yeah, huge advocate for that huge advocate if you can't tell um <laughs> no it, it didn't come across at all I, I wasn't really sure if that was a thing for you you know maybe I, I, I couldn't tell I'll have to dig more um, yeah no but I so a question for for you do you think that more people don't go that route because they they don't feel empowered or don't know their rights or you know, why do you think more parents are not saying this is happening, you know, and, and do I mean, do it and then apologize, you know, ask for forgiveness, not permission, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know why. I mean, I do. I mean, people are all different types of personalities and, and such. I have my own personality, which is whatever. I'm going to do whatever. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever. Ask my folks. Okay. But like, you know, I remember, and this is, you and I have talked about this many times. Uh, I remember when I first had the baby and my first baby and I was producing still, and I was moving across the country and I was making stuff. And like this girl came up to me, a longtime friend of mine, and she could just, her eyes were wide. And she was just like, you know, you you just, you keep doing it. Like you're just doing it. I was like, well, what are you talking about? And she was like, well, you're just, you're still, you have a baby and you're still doing, you know, what you want to do. And I was like, well, yeah, well, what do you mean? Of course I'm doing it. Like, right. Wait, did you think I was going to stop? Like, why would I do that? And I, and then I had, I posted something recently on Instagram and I had another young 
she's not a mom yet, but she wants to be. And it was, it was, I think what I had posted was something about like, you don't have to choose between being a mom and, and the industry that you love. And she was like, I needed to hear this. You know, I, I'm, she wants to start family right now, yes. but she's also start basically like in the midst of building her career and she's afraid and you don't know of course you know actually you know Akima knows about how many people lie about whether they have kids or not when they're in an interview or oh yes don't you know because they're afraid that they're not going to get hired or that people will look down on them and some say yeah so that's why that's why people don't have families um yet because they're chasing their career they feel like they can't or they will be turned away um so you know we just i think for me like more moms in power that are (laughs) that are family friendly specifically you know um and i want to cultivate that in my as, as I continue to, to grow in this industry. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's part of it. You know, it's even listening to you and, and listening to you talk about the people around you and we all need that support, but we also need role models. We need people who are willing to say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, you know? And who are doing it and we can see them doing it. And we, we see the struggles, we see the hardships, but we also still see them pushing through, finding new solutions, finding new community, new connections, new resources, and continuing forward. And that's so important because, and you know, it's one of the reasons why even doing this show was so critical because let's just have the conversation and let people know Role models exist. They're out there. They're doing it, you know, and bringing people to the table to say, this is my story. Every story will be different, but this one is mine. And hopefully it resonates with someone enough that they say, okay, I can, I can do it too. I can give this a shot and I can, each one of us that does moves us that much closer to it becoming more normal, more centralized and more likely for us to actually get the supports we need to sustain that kind of shift um yeah so i love that you're both doing it but also thinking about how as you continue to rise in power you can create space for other women to do it too and so yeah and awesome it's interesting that i'm international right now because um you know sweden well again i'm new here but um, I was talking to a guy who's a father and he was working on a Netflix show in Denmark and they work 10 hour days. I mean, they work 10 hour days, like shut it down, go home to your families. They get time off. Like they, they, they have a very strict. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and as much as, you know, I, I was just on this indie film, as much as we want to do 10 hour days, we want to do that but then we didn't get what we needed. So by the end of the shoot, we're doing this 18 hour day, which is absurdity um, for, for people that are single, you know, like, yes, yes. And so, um, yeah, I, I w- I'm very curious to see how to get my 
hands into some productions here just to see how they're doing it too, like how they're managing budget and that time. Um, because it, it is essential and it's, you know, it's a different balance here too. It's so family oriented here yes. where like in America, again, you're sort of, you know, I, I love the people I work with, but you know, I would bring my kid maybe sometimes to uh, the office and it was like a few, some people were saying hi, but then some people were like ignoring the fact yes. that there was a kid there and it's like, it's like I see no child. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, no, it's okay. It's, you know, you were a kid like. It, <laughs> right. It's like, it's a, it's a mini human being. It's a, yeah. It's a yeah. <laughs> see? So yes. No. Yeah. There's that. But I, I would be curious to know when they're doing that work, you know, how much of it is happening in prep? Is there more budget put into, you know, prep preparation and, and the setup? And I say that because I know Clint Eastwood has become infamous in the States for his 10 hour days. And that's what he seems to credit with his ability to do the, the 10 hour day is that he does so much pre-production. There's so much, he, he spends you know, double the time in pre that most people put into even their principal or post. And so that allows for them to coordinate things in a way that allows for that day at, at the end of 10 hours, <laughs> we're out of here, you know? And so I'm I'm always curious because I, I always wonder if we know that it works, <laughs> then why aren't more of us doing it? And is it that there's more to it even than that? Um, that's someone whose brain I'd love to pick. But, um, you know, is it more yeah. to it even than that that sort of deters people from adopting that practice? So I'm when you know more, you'll come on back. Yeah, come on back. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, share, well, yeah. And, you know, another thing that's popping up for me right now in terms of this world of being able to work and, you know, um, have a family or, or be with your kids, um, is the writer's room in particular, um, more during COVID, like a, more writer's rooms, all writer's rooms went virtual. And I had a lot of friends that got a lot of opportunities because they weren't in LA or New York, oh, yes. but the virtual writer's rooms really opened up opportunities for people all over. So as they start to come back, um, full-time like in person let's say you know are we still gonna allow there to be a virtual writer's room because in a virtual writer's room you can be at home you can maybe have your kid like with a babysitter let's say but you can still manage manage to be around them um maybe for nap time or you know or what have you have dinner um and then go back to work i also read recently something about the time like since the virtual world it's there's this clocking in of hours where people are doing a majority of work in the morning and then late at night and so they're they have this like whole day yes. where they're oh yeah split time oh yes we've been big on that yeah yeah and it's like well shit if people are productive what does it matter that part that's that's exactly it it that's exactly yeah. it no. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because I had just read that and I thought it was curious and, you know, maybe that could, because then we get to spend a day, pick up our kids from school, uh, 
you know, play with them, um, have dinner with them, make dinner with them, you know, put them to bed. And then, and then if you can be productive after those hours. Absolutely. Absolutely. Split time has been one of split time and flex time um, and job sharing those three things among some others, but those three Mm -hmm. have been really big on our list in terms of what are some things people can do right now to support Mm -hmm. their workers. And Mm -hmm. that's one of them. It's changing the expectation around what productivity looks like. And, you know, I'm really big on saying there's a difference between the performance output and productivity. Productivity actually allows you a breath (laughs) to look at what you did and see how do you improve it? How do you replicate it? Performance is just, are you moving? Are you going? Are you doing Mm -hmm. the thing? And Mm -hmm. so often we're so much more focused on the performance that split time, flex time, job sharing, it really allows us to be productive. It allows for us to actually take the time to do the work, do it well, come back, look at it, reflect over it. But it requires folks to change the expectation about what it means for their workers to be quote unquote productive. So yes, I'm, I, yeah. I'm, like you said, if we're doing it and we're doing it well and we're working well and we're doing our work, why do we care? Why do, I don't, I like, I want to see your face. I love you. Like, but I don't yeah, need but, you to be looking at me just to say you are. That's dude. Yes. I, <laughs> I, I, I was just thinking of that because I was in, you know, the last production I was in and um, we were in the office, like the production office. And it was like, you know, we were all just sitting on our computers just because we were sitting on our computers I was like, I'm going home to have yes. dinner with my kids and, and put them to bed and I'll jump on, you know, later, but everything was settled and I didn't need to sit in the stupid office just so that I was like the last one, whatever. No, right. no, I'm sorry. I've, I know right. I'm good no, at my job. It. Like <laughs> that is no, that is exactly it. I mean, I, I think it is so telling when, you know, you see folks say, but that's just the way it's always been. And it's like, we are, we are in a constantly evolving ecosystem. Yeah. We have to grow with it. This is the future of work is going to be very different. Our kids, listen, not even our kids, our younger siblings in some instances are really changing the, the landscape of the, you know, of the nature of work. And we have to be able to say, okay, that that may have been how it was done, but that's not what's going to get the best out of your workforce. That's not what is best for your workforce. And is this really equitable? Is it going back and forth? Are, are they not just contributing to the machine, but is this system actually working for them as well? And that's, you know, it starts with us, which is why I'm so glad we're having these conversations, um, but it's changing quickly and it's just getting other folks to really, you know, jump aboard and see. And so um, with that, I know we're, we're almost out of time, but I would love to hear from you. Any words of wisdom for, you know, your peers, anyone out there, a producer, a showrunner, someone who's thinking, hey, it's not possible. We don't have the budget. We don't have whatever. Like they've got all these reasons why they can't quite make a production family friendly or be considering certain things as a give back. What, what's your, 
What words of wisdom? Well, my first words of wisdom go out to the mothers or the um, women that might want to be mothers uh, soon, or the dads that want to be very, you know, present (laughs) and with their children per se, and also do this job. Um, And that is just a word of advice that came to me when I was pregnant, and that was you know, you have two choices basically when you are about to have a family and that's one, you can change your whole life when that baby comes to, you know, uh, be with that baby, um, you know, change how you're living and drop things away and and everything will be surrounded uh, around the baby. And, and how, you know, you grow with this baby. And the second one is, you know, you have that baby and that baby just starts to be a part of your life. And you it just, it's like put her on the back yes. and keep yes. doing your thing. And what's some, what, what I love about this is that neither of those are wrong. It's just a choice. And for me, the choice was that my kid was going <laughs> to travel with me all over the United States yes. and beyond to be with me. And, um, and you know, my mother who didn't grow up that way was completely freaked out saying that he was going to have all kinds of attachment issues and what have you. But, you know, my kid is great so far, right? So <laughs> far he's, he's very adaptable. Um, and he's a good kid. And, um, and to what you asked me to the production people um, to be family friendly, I think it's not that hard. It's a bit of creativity, and and I think that productions will be just way will be enriched um, by allowing these this different dynamic. Um, just by allowing mothers or dads to bring their kid to work with them um, is a completely different dynamic. It's a different dynamic to have a kid like on set, you know, and the the environment shifts a little bit too. Um, Or that you allow your, if they're not coming to work with you, that you allow them the freedom to not have to worry about how they're going to do their job and take care of their kid yes. and lie about it. Um, there's so much freedom that you will give to people by not allowing, like, they won't be anxious or nervous or, you know, nervous to go say, Oh, my kid's sick. Like I gotta go take care of my kid. Yes. I will give, get my work done. But you know, and just I, I just think that um, it will enrich the entire process forward. I absolutely love that. I I love that, and I love the fact that you said it'll take a bit of creativity. I think that so often in this industry of creators and creatives we forget to imagine what's possible in the way that we create, not just in what Mm -hmm. we create, but in how, you know? Mm. And I love that you said it'll take some creativity because that's literally what we do. 
we, that's, it's, that's who we are. We are creatives. We imagine, yeah. we wonder what's possible, and then we work our butts off to make it happen. And so I think that, you know, I think that speaks volumes. And I think it's a beautiful call to action to say, hey, you know, fellow creatives, look at how you create this space as well, not just the content, but the space in which that content is made and the way that we work together and how do we support each other in that and how do we imagine something beyond what's always been. So I think that's mm-hmm. phenomenal. Um, do you have any other last words or anything before we go? Because this, you're, you've been like sprouting this and <laughs> I am enjoying this way too much. Um, but I also want to make sure that I am mindful of your time. So are there, you know, any last words or anything you want to share before you go? No, I just love talking about it. I love talking about this stuff. I love, I love the audience and the, the company. Um, (laughs) so anytime. (laughs) Absolutely. And we, we do have to have you come back once you start, you know, working in the EU and you're getting more exposure to, especially because you'll now have those two spaces to compare. Yeah. Man, we'd love to hear about that and and Mm -hmm. see, you know, what our brothers, sisters and cousins are doing, um, across the water and get an insight into, you know, just how you're seeing the the vision come together on that side of the world and and what you're able to do. So it's always a pleasure to have you and to sit with you and to spend time with you, Meg. You know, you're one of my favorite people. And (laughs) I am looking forward to the next time we get to sit down and chat. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, take care. Hey friends, that concludes our show. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and don't forget to leave us a comment as well. It doesn't cost you anything and it gives us a whole lot of opportunity to share our message with others in the industry and even beyond. We look forward to connecting with you on social media. You can find us across all platforms at Real Families, R-E-E-L, and want to continue this conversation? Join us over on our Facebook community facebook.com backslash groups backslash real families. Until next time, stay safe and well.